This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about how to activate against your brand tone of voice in order to communicate consistently, flexibly, and authentically across all channels and types of communications. So we have been actually doing a ton of brand tone of voice work for our clients in order to do just what we outlined above. So we're excited to get into this topic and help people out on a broader perspective on this and and really contextualize what this means for your brand and for your business. But before we jump in, we do have an episode on creating your brand character. So if you have not listened to that one or not done that exercise yet for your brand and business, Hit pause, go back, do that first, and then come back to this episode. And then also, before we jump in, take a second to really define what a brand's tone of voice means. So tone of voice is the way your brand communicates with your audience, including your choice of words, your writing style, and your emotional tone. And defining the brand tone of voice ensures that all your communication is really standardized across the channels and communications on behalf of the brand, because what this is going to do is start creating consistency and start developing a personality for your brand. And you're going to see that in a lot of great examples that we're going to share here a little later. But it you need to understand that this does show up everywhere that you create content. So it shapes your marketing copy, it shapes your visuals, it shapes your sales materials, your social media posts, your presentations, and it absolutely always should be the core of any briefing you're doing on any of this work. Yep, absolutely. Well said. All right. And with that set up, we will get into the four tips for effective tone of voice communications. And the first one I'm going to hand over to Anne. Start with the right brand foundational elements. Yes, and as you mentioned in the intro, April, this is really, really important because your brand story and your brand character provide the actual foundation for your tone of voice work. And if you try to go do your tone of voice work without having that, you're just going to have a lot of conversation and a lot of subjective conversation mm-hmm. about what it should be and how it should sound without really any consistency or like foundation or meat to how to actually develop these principles. So make sure you actually do your brand story, your brand character first. It, it is really, really important. And if you haven't had a chance to do that, you know, lucky for you, we do have a lot of podcast episodes, <laughs> a lot of worksheets, and we talk about this extensively. So just go back and you can pull all of those out um, of, of our website and that'll help you start getting started on these principles. Now, you know, we, we do know that it is a little difficult to kind of think about your brand in this way, but it is totally, totally worth it. And you hear us talk a lot about, you know, really digging deep to really identify like the emotional impact that you're going to deliver, not just the things you're going to deliver, or really get to the human nature, the human element yep. of your brand, because it helps your brand have that personification that allows it to have some personality and helps it to live and breathe. And when you develop your personality, that starts developing relationships with people and that human factor. And so now your brand has a relationship with a human, right? And then when you can start doing that, your brand starts becoming more memorable. Those are the brand love connections we've talked about. Yeah. And I I think the other point about this too, is that it builds consistency of communication, no matter who's communicating on behalf of Mm -hmm. your brand. So we like to say that it, it makes it as though everyone's singing from the same songbook. So it's important to do those foundational elements 
for sure and start there and make sure everyone can speak to those individually, but with a comprehensive and cohesive message. And then the same is true when you get to tone of voice, because that's moving you down the funnel into more executional elements of your brand. But all of it has to be there, has to be really buttoned up and has to be working together so that you're not just shooting from the hip or like Ann said, having a bunch of arbitrary conversations about what you want to be today. Mm -hmm. It has to be really who you are, why you are that and how that comes to life. Yep. All right. Number two, define your tone of voice principles with boundaries. So first of all, let's take a step back and say, how do you define the principles? Well, if you have your brand story and your brand character and they consist of human characteristics, then the principles should speak to how you are those things. And we like to build them, and this is the second part of the point, with parameters automatically in place to make it easier for all those people who are going to communicate on behalf of the brand, including yourself, to know what lines not to cross, but then also how to be specifically whatever human characteristic you're talking about. So I'm going to start with four here that we chose just kind of in general um, that would be brand characteristics. Gives you a good spectrum. Yeah, it gives you a good spectrum, and it also shows how your personality can flex, right? Mm -hmm. So here we have funny, outgoing, proactive, and kind. So going with those characteristics that are built off of your brand story, they look something like this. And we'll give you examples of a brand that applies to each one of these. So we're not, we're not saying this is one brand's entire comprehensive tone of voice principles, but we'll give you a brand associated with each, each so you can kind of say, oh, I understand in context what that actually would look like. So funny was one of the first ones here, right? So we said funny, but then the way we build the parameter is but not crass. And so you can be funny in a lot of different ways, but in this instance, we're saying don't step over that line, right? That's the line we're talking about. It doesn't get crude. It doesn't go over that point of funny just for funny's sake. It's funny, but it's not crass. And one of the examples we have here is Tide. So Tide is a funny brand in the way of like not taking yourself too seriously, right? So we're able to take care of your clothes for you and that way you can live life a little freer, right? And so there's there's humor associated in Tide, but it's not any of the kind of like I was saying crass, crude, that kind of stuff. It's more of a smart funny. Yeah, or ha ha, I'm going to roll off, you know, my chair funny. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, not taking yourself too seriously. It's harmless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then the second one that I outlined before is outgoing. And here the parameter is outgoing but not boisterous. And so someone that is boisterous would be like Gary Vee. We've talked about him on previous episodes, right? Very outgoing personality, but it leans into that boisterous side. And I give that example just for context of we don't want to be that in this instance, right? But a good example of outgoing but not boisterous is Red Bull. And that's been a brand that's been literally built mm -hmm. on being outgoing in your life and doing all of these different things, lots of high energy. It's an energy drink. It makes sense. But it's really harmless in its outgoing nature, right? So it's not self-promoting. It's not saying we're the best. It's just about getting out there and having the energy to do whatever it is you want to do in life and being part of that outgoing community that really likes to do physical activity things. Like understated to some extent. Yeah. Started outgoing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The next one we have here is proactive but not pushy. 
And I really think this is Nike, right? So they have Just Do It as a tagline that's highly proactive. It encourages you to go and do, literally. But they also embrace all athletes and respect them wherever they are in the process of being an athlete. So they're not saying we're only for the elite and they're not out there pushing every product under the sun on every single person out there. They're being respectful of their customers and they're proactive in addressing their needs, but they're not shoving themselves down the athlete's throat. And it's not there's no guilt. Like it's a yeah. celebration of of whatever you can yeah. do versus a guilt that you're not doing enough, right? Very fair. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Good point. And then the last one we have here is kind but not soft. And so we gave Dove's Women's Care campaign. You know, there's a softness to your skin when you use Dove. There's a softness to the way the brand looks on the shelf. There's, a you know, the light blues and the cleanliness and just kind of that uh, unassuming, if you will, part of their personality, which I think communicates kindness. But they're not soft in the way that they're saying, you know, women are soft. They're actually Mm -hmm. celebrating really strong women, individuality in women. We've talked before about how they were one of the first ones to really embrace real women. There's a real strength behind that. But you can still be kind as a brand and embrace your community and do what your product is set out to do without having to sacrifice on the other side. So that's the first point we make here. And we thought building in and building out the different principles, showing that the boundaries can be really helpful to limiting, yes, but building parameters more importantly so nobody goes too far in any of these. And then with the examples, give some context. And I will say in this episode, it does get a little bit dense. So you might have to listen to these things a few times to really internalize what we're talking about. But we do feel like it's a really good guide and framework for crafting tone of voice principles that are really going to work. Yeah. And I think I, I I totally agree. Listen to it and internalize it because that's the recipe for how commoditized brands can turn into iconic brands. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, how else are you? I mean, you, you listed four brands, except for maybe Gary B. But, you know, you could say that that kind of personality can be a, a tad bit commoditized. Four brands are basically laundry soap, a person like a, you know, a marketing person, a business person, um, body soap and what was the fourth one? Yeah, there's actually five. Oh, Nike and Red Bull too. Well, then Nike and Red Bull, like uh, energy drink, energy drink, and then yeah, like shoes. You know, yeah. you, you you basically took what was just something that was a basic commodity, and then be, because they're able to put this tone, the style, and all this branding around it, they're able to rise it from that commoditized place into something that people actually covet. And so a lot of people ask us, well, you know, how do you do that? And mm-hmm. they want to just snap their fingers and say, hey, I want to be that. Like it, it it, doesn't just happen like that. You have to cultivate it and you cultivate it in large part when you had started identifying your tone of what you want to be, because that drives the consistency, as we mentioned, across all the channels and starts making your brand have a personality. Yeah. And I mean, that actually leads really nicely into this next point. And really two and three are very closely tied in doing the building work of Tone of Voice specifically. But the other thing that we think is really important is after you set, well, your brand character with those characteristics, and then you set the parameters for what type you're going to be, then we actually take it even further and we give further clarification on, okay, if you're not going to be crass, what type of funny 
are you actually? And what does that look like when it comes to life? So funny but not crass. We're funny in a smart way, yes, to entertain, but not slapstick or looking for a quick laugh. And we're definitely never crass. We don't want to offend our audience. So you take those principles that you've built and you almost create a story around what that looks like when it comes to life to give people a picture in their mind of, okay, I can see how that type of funny might come to life and how that's different from crass or different even than other types of funny that are out that out there. So I will go through each of these and talk through that. Again, I think it might need some re-listening, re-examining, but if you do these steps, it's what makes sense to build the right tone of voice. So this next one here is outgoing but not boisterous. We're a brand that attracts others to us due to our outgoing nature, but we never use our outgoing nature to intimidate or overpower others. Therefore, we are not boisterous. So again, setting the context for what you will be Mm -hmm. if you're not that. Proactive but not pushy. It's in our blood to take initiative and put ourselves out there. However, we're definitely not about the hard sale, and we make sure not to make people uncomfortable by overreaching to make the sale. Mm -hmm. So again, inclusive, proactive, not overstepping that line. And then the last one, kind but not soft. We treat others with kindness, but this does not mean we roll over and let others take advantage of us. We respect ourselves too much for that, and we're confident in who we are. So you can be kind without getting walked all over, being perceived soft, all of those things. So the the pieces together that come out of those characteristics, and honestly, you know, to some of the comments Anne has made about how do you move yourself from a commodity to an actual brand and have this type of impact, another common mistake we see is when people just list the brand characteristics, but then they never move into tone of voice. So mm-hmm. they get interpreted all over the place. And then you wonder why your communications aren't all holding together. Well, it's because everyone's interpreting it a little bit different. So there are a lot of ways to do tone of voice out there, but we believe strongly that this really sets you up for success and creates that common playbook so people can say, ah, I got it, and now I know what I should go and do. Yeah, and I think creating the stories around it makes it very real, Mm -hmm. and it it helps you to understand how you want to apply it to all your different marketing channels as well. And as we said before, too, these are actually points that should be on your brief. Absolutely. Right? That when... just be honest, sometimes you'll play up and play down some of these depending on which channel you're on. So it's not like all these play a full force on every single channel. <laughs> right. um, but you have to be very mindful about that because you can't bait and switch. Yes. So if you're going to be on social and you're like, oh, we'd like to be a little bit more funny on social, you know, versus, you know, the kind or whatnot. And I'm just using that as an example then that's fine. But you need to be consistently funny then. Yes. You're not funny one day and super serious the next day. I mean, (laughs) you have to be able to show consistency in that. So it's an intentional discovery, but then application of the tone of voice principles against your marketing channels so that when it pulls it all together, it all feels like your brand. Yeah. And therefore the brief, right? Because the brief becomes your Bible for whatever work you're doing. So after you do the work, then you need to come back and say, did we hit all of these things effectively? And like Ann said, yeah, you pick and choose. You you know, you're not your whole personality every minute of every single right. day. The same is true for your tone of voice. But you have to say, we made these decisions to be this, and now we have to consistently do that in this project and then across all. Yep. All right. Our fourth and final principle, teach your tone of voice. Anne. Right. And so this is really important because as April was saying, sometimes you don't give them the characteristics to the tone of voice principles. 
But then there's people who get to the tone of voice principles, but then don't tell any of their organization. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so this is really uh, important that you practice both internal and external practice of your tone of voice principles. So internally, you might want to define how those are showing up as your brand and as your organization, because if you can really put those into practice and you start living them on a day-to-day basis, it becomes easier for people to translate that into the external world, which is then your communications to everybody else. Now, again, you need to kind of figure out what is the best way in order to go do this, right? With you know, if your tone of voice is a certain way and your culture is playing a certain way, those kind of have to mess up so that you can actually be able to authentically deploy this, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you absolutely have to document it. So that goes without saying, right? And like we said, it needs to be something that's very easily available, part of your briefs, all that kind of thing. Yep. But we've seen people be very creative in the way that they deploy these. I personally have seen people do skits. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Here's a way, the right way to do it. Here's a wrong way. It sounds really like, you know, a bit like kitschy, but it actually is very entertaining. And it sticks with people. people, So people remember that. Um, People do decor around them. So that's a really big piece too. Um, People make personifications of each one of them. Like, uh, and actually, this is like a question we ask a lot when we're trying to get to tone of voice. It's like, if you were a celebrity, who would you be? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like gives people a different way of contextualizing it that makes it a little bit more relatable. Because sometimes tone of voice work tends to be a little bit uh, obtuse and a little bit mm-hmm. kind of out there. Like I, April is like the better of us on the two that, that does that. And I provide some feedback, but she's really the one who who internalizes, is able to articulate this and able to, to, to really do that. And then she's like our, our gut check. So you have to kind of figure out what's the best way of bringing it to life so that um, people actually are going to use it because that's the most important thing. Because if they're not living in it and they're not really practicing it and exercising it, you're not going to get that consistency. And then you're kind of going to have to be, you're gonna be filtered below the noise. You're not going to become that, that, that iconic brand or even like rise above the commoditized product basis. Yeah, all of that is so important. And I think the thing that I want to emphasize is finding the right thing for the culture of your organization. And Anne gave some really good examples of that. But as part of that, making sure that it becomes something the organization lives and breathes every day Mm -hmm. as part of that culture. And it is a tricky thing to do. And it is one of the things that I've seen so many times underemphasized, undervalued. People think they can just hand the new playbook out and people will be able to go and do against it or will respect it even or will even try. And the other point is when Ann said, you know, it is something that is a little bit obtuse and something that people can't automatically get. And that's another reason that I think this work is often not done or used appropriately. It's a lot easier to see pictures, remember pictures. You know, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of references about, uh, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. It's just it's harder to be able to communicate in this way on behalf of your business and brand. And so there are a lot of companies out there that have historically done a great job visually of being super consistent and people recognize them and it's authentic, but it falls flat if you don't focus on this aspect. And because we have so many different types of communications these days, sometimes this becomes the more important way of communicating as opposed to the visuals. The visuals mm-hmm. in a lot of ways can support. And I think that's especially true a lot of times when you're trying to get engagement. It's all about what message you're putting out there and doing it in a way that's authentic to you that then is going to get your customer or consumer to participate. 
And that a lot of times is verbal. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why we're doing a lot of this work now is because people are realizing the importance and the power and trying to figure it out. And then on the other side, like I said, it's why it's, it's just not easy to do. Yeah, agreed. So just to recap, the four tips for effective tone of voice communications. Start with the right brand foundational elements. Very specifically, this is your brand story and character. If you don't have them, you cannot go and jump to tone of voice. Define your tone of voice principles with boundaries. Make it clear what consists of crossing the line and make it clear that you shouldn't do that. Number three, leave no room for interpretation of your principles. Think of this as what kind of fill in the blank, funny, outgoing are you? Build a story to contextualize around it and bring it to life for people. And then finally, teach your tone of voice. If you don't socialize and educate against it, it does not exist. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. So with that, we'll move into our next segment, which is in the trenches, where, as all of you know, we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad applications so that anyone listening can digest and put them into action. Number one in the trenches, what's the biggest mistake you've seen when it comes to tone of voice? And I touched on this. We've collectively touched on this already Mm -hmm. with the four points. But I will say again, it's either not doing it or not socializing it. And like I just said previously, it's because it's not an easy thing to do. This is one where we highly, highly recommend hiring someone to do this kind of work. And it's not because we do this work. It's not because I love doing this work, although I do. (laughs) It's because it. it, Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's because it is a really specific tool in branding and If I'm being really honest, I've even worked at a lot of agencies that I feel like didn't Mm -hmm. do it effectively. I think it's just one of those things where you think that it's simpler than it is. You think your organization should be able to define its own personality and then put it to work. And I just I don't think a lot of organizations have the tools, the people there to do it or the ability to think through how the process should work and what all of that looks like. It's also so highly personal to the brand that the mistake I often see made is copycat versions. So Mm -hmm. people will go and research tone of voice and then they'll find brands that either do it really well or brands in their space that they admire want to be like or brands that they just personally love. And then they'll try to make that into their tone of voice. And it just it isn't authentic. I mean, that sounds silly when I say that, but that is what often happens. It's like you know, well, this brand is this. Well, we aspire to be that. Okay, great. Or what are the top 15 brand characteristics out there that people embody? Or what are the archetypes that are associated with brand personality and which one do we want to be? Or what do consumers want right now? Yeah. Or what are, yeah, what's hot right now? What are people reacting to? What on social is getting a lot of hits? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's a shortcut that doesn't work. Even if you have the intention to do it right, Anne always says you can't work in and on your business at the same time. And this is one that requires a lot of intensity and hard work to get it right. And so 
what goes wrong is that people often don't hire or tap into the right people to help them. And then you see all the bad habits that we've talked about before. Yeah, I think that's really well said because one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they follow the likes, yeah. right? And so they're yeah. willing to abandon their tone of voice in order to at the in a very short period of time be able to achieve something that they see somebody else achieve. Yep. And what we used to always say, and actually this was one of my brand managers I worked with, um, Eric Gurren, to this day, always sticks in my mind. He goes, well, yeah, I can get more likes if I put a naked woman in a, in a puppy in, a, in my social post, but that's not really <laughs> her brand character or her tone of voice, you know? But I mean, and, and, and again, that's an exaggeration of a very truism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I see a lot of brands do this where they're willing to kind of abandon their who they are in the moment in order to play into something that's really not them. Mm-hmm. And then they overreach mm-hmm. um, and then they try to make it work. And then it has um, usually some backlash associated with it. So this whole intent is meant to be consistent. That doesn't mean you have to stay in a box. Right. Right. And that's the other mistake that I see people make is then they stay in this box. They're like, oh, we can't do that. You know, <laughs> we can't like even like, you know, try to go up like, yes, you can. You can test and learn and you can start kind of filling out where, you know, your fringes are and kind of seeing and, and playing with different things. As long as it's not going totally off the reservation in a way that's totally contradictory to those principles and and those guidelines that you set up. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a really good point. I think there's that instant gratification, right, where we want those likes and the engagement and we want to see something do well. And that's the bad habit is people forego what they've built in order to do so. And I think the idea is that well, it's just this one time, or we're following a trend, or, oh, we could totally do something like that through our business lens. But then that just starts to slowly deteriorate what you yeah. already worked so hard to build, and it becomes inauthentic, and people just start to disregard. Yeah. So, all right, I love this next one. What is the fourth-rate people tone of voice? <laughs> so are we really putting our money where our mouth is? And I will say... Absolutely. We do have this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that outside of our name, it was one of the hardest things not to define because as we've talked about on previous episodes, Anne and I are very aligned foundationally in the things that we believe and the things that we wanted this company to be. And we did the previous things we said, which is really dig into our brand story, you know, what that was going to look like and what we believe as individuals, but what we wanted for our customers. And then we also did the brand character work to say, okay, if this is our brand story, then what does our character become as a result of that? But I think Where it became hard is when we were trying to stop talking as individuals, but talking as a brand Mm -hmm. on behalf of forthright people and building the communications appropriately to be able to speak with one voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, with all of that set up, I will stop stalling and say, here's ours. So the first one is unabashedly direct, but not hurtful. So we don't mince words. We don't withhold our perspective. That's why we're forthright people. Mm -hmm. But it's always with good intention. We're not trying to put anyone down. We're not trying to cut anyone down. We never want people to leave feeling bad after conversations with us. So we're always towing that line of how can we be unabashedly direct but not ever do it in a harmful way to somebody. Mm -hmm. The next one is profoundly honest but not self-righteous. So our moral foundation is built on honesty and and always doing the right thing. But that doesn't mean we look down our noses or stand on our high horse or judge other people. 
I will also say we are just terrible liars. So if we tried to be anything <laughs> but honest, you would be able to sniff it out. Yeah, it's all over our face. Um, <laughs> but this one's important to us because we don't ever want people to feel like if they're not aligned with everything we are, that we can't respect each other. Mm -hmm. Number three is professional, but not without spunk. So we treat your business and your needs with the utmost respect, but we also like to have fun. And part of that is sharing who we are with you, spunkiness and all. So that one speaks for itself. I don't think I have to really explain. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is unstoppable, but not bulldozing. So we always work hard to do the right things for you, your business, and your clients at the right times, but we also respect that you know your business better than we do, and we also bring you along for the journey. So we don't ever want our clients to feel like we're leaning into that consultative nature of we're right because we've been doing this for so long and you're wrong. That creates a lot of tension. It mm -hmm. also ruins relationships. Yeah, so people don't like that very much. No, no exactly. And I'm, <laughs> both of us are speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah. Younger days. We've learned, okay? Yeah, we learned a lot. <laughs> but um, as you can see, I mean, we followed our advice here. We did spend a lot of time on this. And I will say for me, even though I love it and it is something that I feel like I've built part of my career around is being good at this type of work – it was hard to do it for ourselves. Now, this is a little bit of a different situation where if we can't do it for ourselves, we probably shouldn't be doing it for other people. Um, but we also did get feedback from outside sources about what hit and knowing us, what, what of this really do you feel like is the crux? We actually had a lot more when we started, a lot more principles we were testing out, a lot more things about our personality that we felt like were really important. And we've evolved, too. So as we've gone through this, we we think about these when we're with clients, when we're doing the work. Um, in every communication, every time I pick up the phone, I think about the right tone for our business to communicate to the client and really try to lean in and live this. And we've brought on, you know, Laura now, and this is part of what we do to evaluate her. So this is a good one to try to catch us to think we're not actually putting our money where our mouth is. But we do. Hopefully I've proven it. And I'd also be interested in anyone that knows us or has worked with us if you feel like this hits or if there's anything we missed. Yeah, I think that's always good feedback. And I think um, it's really how we started internalizing and bringing to life the podcast, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, so it was definitely how we wanted our podcast to differentiate versus other marketing-based podcasts. Um, and it says it right in our intro is that our intent is to basically uncover all the BS and yeah. give you guys the real insight, the real knowledge so that you could take action immediately. And we call it democratizing marketing, to, mm -hmm. you know, when we, we, we kind of talk about it externally, but it's the same intent. And so um, it becomes a guiding principles for how you create everything that surrounds your your brand. And um, yeah, I, and I, I would also be interested in seeing what people think that we, yeah. we deliver. So give some homework back. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Number three, how can we expect our people to live our tone of voice since we are all individuals? And I will give you this one. Yeah. And you said a lot to this is like, you know, it's the external and the internal piece as well. I mean, the thing is, is that you have to have guidelines for how you want your business to show up. The business is the forefront for how your your people are going to externally represent you. And especially important when you have people in sales and when you have people in communications, like I was at P&G, you need to have that consistency of voice for the entire business in order to make sure that you are getting that brand advocacy that you really, really want and, and for your brand to show up the way you want it to. That doesn't mean that everybody needs to be little corporate robots. <laughs> and I know, like, everybody's laughing because she P&G joke, you know, everybody feels like they're kind of 
proctoids is kind of how it was <laughs> not so affectionately referred to. Um, and it felt like we were all kind of like little corporate robots. But the intent is actually to bring your own style, your own personality, your own bit of flair to that within the the, the, the bounds and the, and the parameters of the actual tone of voice principles, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, you it has to be so rigid that you can't have any kind of like play with it, but you have to have some consistency. So there is limitations for how that needs to show up. So that's where it's really, really important, as we talked about before, to show examples and and actually give feedback to people when you see it working well and when you see it not working so well, right? And that's also when it's helpful to put some some sort of more personification or telegraphic um, ways of being able to um, to remember it, whether it's like the the um, the skits like we talked about or like what kind of you know celebrity are you? I mean. These all helped really get people to understand kind of where the guidelines are. But yeah, no, never like try to hold somebody back from being who they are. If they are really outside of what the tone of voice is and they're really struggling to do that, it's probably more of a culture fit mm-hmm. that you need to really, really consider. Did you hire the right person to represent your business in this way? And that's all the people that work for you, just to you know let you guys know, because everybody, all, all your employees are ambassadors of your business. They all reflect on your business. So consider that and consider, is it really like a tone of voice thing or is it a culture thing? But don't expect that everybody needs to act like robots. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I was going to emphasize the culture point as well, because if you have a strong culture, it's automatically authentic then. Those things are really- As long as the two things jive. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, fair. So if you have that strong culture and it is authentic, then the people that belong there, believe in it, bought in it, want to be part of it, see themselves in it. The ones that don't are the ones that stick out like we're talking about. So, I mean, yes, I would say the same is true for your company values, your culture, and then also for the tone of voice that you want to externalize because those two parts of your brand work so closely together. And I've even seen people use this really specifically as evaluation criteria and hiring criteria is Mm -hmm. to weave in the values and the tone of voice kind of together in the interview process. So on the value side, you're looking for alignment on whether they believe the same things. And on the tone side, you're looking for them to be a fit within the personalities you have within your tone of voice of the organization. And those things really should seamlessly work together. And then, like I said, rewarding people against those as well. In a strong culture, you can do that effectively and in a very meaningful way. So it is just another extension of being able to live and breathe it all the time. Yep. Number four. Does a brand's tone of voice ever change? And I'm going to give you this one too. Yeah. Um, and the answer to that is yes. Um, and you could probably have guessed that. So brands are living, breathing things just like people. So as we grow and people mature, I mean, become adults, I mean, we don't speak the same way as we did <laughs> when we were kids or hopefully you, you, you don't. Um, <laughs> different issue. Different, different podcast. Different podcast for sure. But also the world around us changes, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the way that we speak now is not the way that our parents spoke when they were yeah. our ages, you know? So there's different language, there's different cultural contexts. All those things influence the way that your your tone of voice should adapt and evolve. But it never gets thrown out the window yeah. <laughs> unless you're going through a total complete rebrand, which actually works for about 0.0005% of brands. <laughs> um, but 
you know, you so you need to like really get a, keep within the consistency of what you actually conceive the brand to be in those original tone of voice principles. But it's okay to test and learn on the fridges, like we said. It's okay to see, you know, incorporate different language, incorporate different um, styles of the, of the way that you're doing it. I mean, it, those are all real uh, acceptable because it should mature and it should evolve. Yeah, I, I think it's also true, and and this is another one where I think people get stuck. So this is another place where I say hire, please hire mm-hmm. someone to help you with this. And it's likely someone that's ongoing or comes in and out of your brand that can truly understand how it needs to evolve. But there's a lot of education that goes into this too, because a lot of times it feels like nuances, but the importance lives in those nuances of what needs to happen. And so you really have to have someone that knows how this works, that then knows how to translate it effectively for you. And we're not saying that it's like, you know, the external resources hold the the keys or any of those kinds of things. But I do think it can be really hard when your brand's maturing, your business is maturing at the same time, working in and on your business, mm-hmm. all of those things come to play. And it's just really hard to put the right focus on getting this right even if you already have strong tone of voice principles. When you're looking to make those changes, it's good to tap into resources and get the right advice. Well, sometimes you're just too close to it too. Yeah, that's fair. Just too close to it. And you know, and especially if your your workforce hasn't evolved or you don't have yeah. you haven't had some flux of people coming in and out. Yep. Um, and you're skewing in one certain area, one some certain demographic or psychographic, sometimes you could start feeling a little tone deaf too. Yep. So Yeah, very fair. So our third and final segment is often a real-world example of a brand who's doing this well or not so well. And so we have a brand for this one, and the brand we have chosen is Uber. I will say up front that their brand voice is considerate, simple, bold, and consistent. Those are their characteristics. And I will say right out of the gate that I've always had the feeling that Uber was just a much stronger brand overall than Lyft or some of these other ones that are coming out when you think about the variety in types of transportation. And when I really dug into the tone of voice for them, I realized it's because they're doing all the things that we talk about, right? So Lyft is a little bit more of a me too. It is It pales in comparison, quite honestly, I think, to Uber. And Uber just has this stronger presence about it. And I think it's because they focused really hard on their tone of voice. And then also as their modes of transportation or the things they transport, like Uber Eats, have expanded, it's been done with a lot more intention, and that tone has stayed intact throughout the introduction of all of those. So again, I said that their brand voice was considerate, simple, bold, and consistent, and they actually do have guidelines that outline what does that mean. And they don't do it the exact way that I like to do it, but I (laughs) I will let that go and I will run through these. So the first one, considerate to them, means that writing should be audience first. So that's immediately putting their consumer at the center and really thinking about who they serve and doing that with intention. Okay, so the third one is simple and bold. And what that refers to is being straightforward and then easy to understand in the communication. So forthright people overlaps a little bit with that too, but this is their interpretation of that, right, which is to put the message out there and do it very clearly and directly so people get it. And then consistency tries to unite the experience across all departments, countries, and languages. So that's where the brand is showing up the same way each time in a way that no no matter where you are, that comes up the way that you see it no matter where you are. 
So then all of these work together and they create this overall feeling of that sounds like Uber. And that's exactly what you're looking for. And I mean, like I said, I went through and I thought about personal experiences. I thought about the different modes of transportation, their app, how they show up. And I couldn't find fault when it came to their tone of voice, which to me says they're very effectively doing it. And I think that that's why they're more well-known. You know, yes, they were a first mover. So that's part of it as well. But as often happens, categories get really crowded when something's working, right? And so even as they see other players coming in, this tone still lives and is a key differentiator for them. Yeah, and I think one way to test that, because I think that's a really great example, is you can put your hand over the name. Yes. And it still sounds like them. And yep. it doesn't sound like anybody else other than them. Yes. That's when you know you're starting to cultivate your your tone of voice in a way that it's really developing a personality that's unique and ownable to you. Yeah. And I actually, I have a really specific example. So when they started out, they were using messaging like, you're going places, we'll get you there. And then as they started to work in their tone of voice, it changed to, where to, Jessica? And so it turned it right away, Mm -hmm. right, to be more customer-centric, less about them. And that started to build exactly what you said. Like, now if you cover up their name and you see that type of messaging, you're like, oh, Uber. Yeah. So there you go. That's all we have for you today. But quickly to recap the four tips for effective tone of voice communications. Number one, start with the right brand foundational elements. So specifically, this is your brand story and character. If you don't have these, you cannot build your tone of voice. So go back and do that first. Number two is define your tone of voice principles with boundaries. Make it very clear what crossing the line means and don't overstep that line. Leave no room for interpretation of your principles. So think of it as what kind of, fill in the blank, funny are you and build that story around it so it really comes to life and starts to feel like a personality. And then finally, teach your tone of voice. If you don't socialize and educate, it does not exist. And with that, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend, and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.